You're listening to Inside the Village, where all news is local and no topic is off limits. So help me, Bob, it's Bully in the Alley. Welcome to Inside the Village for the week of July 13th, 2023. I'm Scott Sexsmith alongside executive producer, uh, who you can't see, but trust me, he's in the room, Derek Turner, uh, who you can see and do quite often, editor-in-chief, Michael Friscolini. Should be the other way around. <laughs> You're so hard on yourself. I, no, no, I just, I'm very complimentary of Derek. Uh, it's a difference. That you are. Uh, great uh, episode uh, last week, Mike Von Massau. Yeah, good. See how I slowed down there? Yeah, yeah. That's terrible that we booted his. Name. Are you talking about last week because this week's not that good? <laughs> no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But the uh, the the number of correspondence pieces that we received through email, uh, <laughs> yes, we received a lot of correspondence <laughs> pieces. That was kind of formal, wasn't it? Everybody <laughs> a has letter, an, a lot of letters. Everybody has an opinion on best before dates. Shocking! It's amazing to me. It still does after 25 years in journalism. What stories resonate with people that you never think will be that big of a uh, yeah generate that much uh, interest or that much reaction? Yeah. This one, our emails were lit, lighting up all weekend about it. It was crazy. And and I'm not going to lie. I thought of you when I went through the fridge this weekend and I thought, oh, Frisco, toss this. Toss <laughs> this. <would>. That judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I can't. I, I just can't. I can't. Especially stuff in the fridge. If it's past the date, it's in the fridge. Done. Maybe cereal in the cupboard. Maybe I would go over that. But wow. mayonnaise, no way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The first word to Frisco. <laughs> Breaking news uh, just yesterday that we broke. The fire ban. Yeah, the fire ban. Across the province lifted. Yeah, lifted as of 4 p.m. Yesterday, there's big news across our sites. A lot of people are, especially up in northern Ontario, but every, everywhere where there's yeah. some room to burn. Um, a lot of people could, uh, asking in the last week or so, are they hearing rumors that the fire ban was going to be lifted? Sure enough, it is. Uh, which is, you know, good news. A lot of people are, you know, spend their summers uh, at the cottage or at the trailer and then they miss having a campfire. <laughs> Uh, I know my son's hockey coach wants to have a team party now that uh, he can have a campfire out of his place. Um, but you're not a huge fan. Eh? Well, you know what? <laughs> I I am in 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 the right setting. Uh, I like the odd campfire. Uh, but what I don't like is is being forced to you know smell it all the time. That's <laughs> no, true. I mean, when you live in a residential area, yes. Uh, I think it's it's important to be respectful, and I'm you know just yeah. speaking in general terms here. Um, but it's nice to be able to keep your windows open and you know not have to shut them. Well, it's right. interesting, and and I guess being a Southern Ontario boy and living in the North now, it is. I did have to ask somebody about it. Like so, yeah. so if you want to have a fire in your yard, you have to call Sioux Fire Services, and they come. You got to get a permit. You get a permit. Yeah. yeah. So as long as you have enough room in your backyard, but you're right. Like you can, you know, in a residential area, you could be your backyard right beside your neighbor's house and having a fire going. And oh yeah. I'm sure it bothers some people. Obviously, it bothers some people. Well, so here's what I do. I, I've I've got one of those. Uh, what do they call them, Derek? You know, the uh, propane, propane fire. fire. Yeah. Flip the switch. Does it really feel warm when you put it's that fantastic. on? fantastic. Is it? Yeah. Love it. Cool. No yeah. smell. Flip the switch. Instant flame. Yeah. Shut it off. Walk away. And walk away. Turns off. Yeah. And you're not impacted by a fire ban. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. I just realized I didn't have my glasses on. I'm going to put them on so I can see you better. There. How's that? Look better? <laughs> well, I should have kept them on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Somebody's on fire today. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to the first word to Frisco. Um, we were on that. That was the first word. That was the first one. Well, it was your, I mean, the official first word. I well, mean, that wasn't it. Was, okay. yeah, it's so. just kind of a setup to, to <laughs> the feature. Okay. All right. Can I continue? Yeah, sorry. All right. I thought that was the first item. 
No, it was just kind of our intro. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. My apologies. Check the tape on that, Derek. Yeah. I think he's wrong. Yeah. I think he's wrong, but. The first word to Frisco. <laughs> Breaking news uh, just yesterday that we broke the fire ban. Yeah, the fire ban. Across the province. <laughs> it's only our 53rd episode. You'd think you'd know the format by now. Uh, body in car found in the parking lot at Health Sciences North. In Sudbury. Yeah, that was a crazy story a lot of people were talking about. Yeah, it is. I I mean, there was – you know the story as well as I do, but Len Gillis, uh, one of our reporters at Sudbury.com, wrote about the story where uh, I guess they'd found a body in a car and the car had been parked at the the facility for weeks, it seems, right? And so there's – they did their own security review and have sort of updated some policies. But as we were talking before we went on – just the idea that a car can be parked in a public hospital for that long and nobody go check on it. I mean, I just feel like if we parked their car anywhere for an hour over the limit, it'd be towed. Well, just at our building alone, you're, yeah. you know, you get a, you get two hours, yeah, yeah. two hours and one minute, you got a ticket. Yeah, it's a crazy story. And obviously our condolences to the family of the of gentleman who was, yeah. in the, who was in the car. Ray and Cameron. It's a very difficult situation, but you just wonder how that goes unnoticed. And I guess it happens, right? Well, he was uh, apparently reported missing on or about the 7th of March. And then it was like the second week of June uh, that he was discovered in a vehicle in the parking lot. So I'm I'm not certainly implying that it was from March 7th until the middle of June that he was in the parking lot, but uh, uh, it was a long time. Yeah, it's a crazy story. All right, sticking uh, with healthcare and hospitals in Sault Ste. Maria, incredible story, switched at birth. Yeah, I think a lot of people across the chain may have read this story. It went across the chain as well. Um, two men from Sault Ste. Marie, who are now 71, are suing Sioux Area Hospital for $4 million each, alleging that they were switched at birth in March 1952. Um, and it came about, it's not detailed in the statement of claim, but it obviously came about because one of them did some DNA testing and realized they weren't. Um, who they thought they were, and somehow reached out to the another gentleman who was born that day, and they'd all the DNA testing and confirmed that they were switched at birth. So you 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 can imagine the emotions that would go through your mind as you discover that. Um, uh, the two men uh, are not ready to talk just yet, so the story is based just on the court documents. But just one of those stories where you read the headline, you know, switched at birth, sue men suing local hospital, and you just like what? That's like the stuff of movies. Well, it is, and, and you wonder. How often it, it it's happened? Yeah, because you can see how easily it could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, especially years ago, the way that oh. the way that hospitals were set up. Now, like, as soon as the baby's born, there's a bracelet on them. They don't leave the the, yeah. the room anymore. They don't go to the nursery anymore. But it is interesting. Ken Armstrong, who broke the story, was uh, did some digging and, and found another case in Manitoba. Spoke spoke to a doctor who conducted a review there of that case. I believe it was two different sets of babies that were switched at birth and same thing they discovered. The RCMP investigated, Health Canada investigated, realized that so much of the evidence was lost. The people who were involved were long dead. Um, There didn't seem to be any suggestion that there was a criminal act that happened, so no criminal charges were laid. And it's just one of those things where it's left for the person who, who discovers that truth to have to live with it. But I just, I can't imagine that. Yeah, wild stuff. Okay, today on uh, Inside the Village, uh, MNP Limited, a uh, insolvency uh, firm based out of Burlington, has released a new report uh, that states that uh, Ontarians um, are having difficulty reaching their debt obligations. In fact, that has reached an all-time high and the numbers are staggering. Yeah, and it's one of those topics we, we talk about quite a bit. We've had another guest on the show in the past talking about the debt levels in Ontario. And this seems to suggest that they're at their highest level, the highest ever, that the most people ever, about 38% are saying that they're insolvent. They don't have enough money 
coming in in the month to pay the bills that they have. And of course, with the Bank of Canada raising interest rates today and, you know, the, the grocery store price tag still, you know, given sticker shock to a lot of people. Um, it's, uh, it's a bigger issue and there's a lot of concern. So uh, we're going to have a chat with uh, one of the gentlemen behind this survey. We certainly will. David Gowling is his name and he joins us next when we return on Inside the Village. Reporters, editors, and journalists who go the extra mile to get the story and get it right. Go behind the scenes with those who cover the stories that matter most to you and your community. Look for it in the Village Features section of your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. Welcome back to Inside the Village with Michael Friscalanti, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Sexsmith. Uh, joined on the line uh, right now by uh, David Galling. David is a licensed insolvency trustee with MNP Limited based out of Burlington. David, welcome to Inside the Village. Great to have you here today. Yeah, good afternoon, gentlemen. So a uh, brand new report out in Solvent, Ontario is unable to cover their bills, debt obligations, and it's reached an all-time high, as I said to a colleague uh, earlier today when we were discussing this. Uh, the response back to me was, what a depressing way to start my day, and it really is depressing, isn't it? It, it can be. I, I like to try and see the, the glass is, is half full. Um, what, what the debt index does, is it just takes a gauge of, okay, how are people feeling? And, you know, if we look at what's been happening over the last little while, the interest rates, you know, the announcement just came out this morning, it's up another, you know, 0.25%. So people start to get a little stressed about their debt. Where are they sitting? And we're seeing that stress level has been going up. The, the one good part I do take out of our survey is as a result of this, we have close to 90% of the, the people surveyed saying that they're going to be more careful with what they spend. So that says, okay, yes, people are anxious about the debt, but they are watching it. Uh, they're, they're looking for a plan. The, the concern is those people where a plan isn't going to work. You know, groceries have been going up by a very large amount. I think I saw one report that said, Yes, inflation might only be 3%, but groceries are going up 9 to 10%. Uh, we also see a lot of people struggling to pay rent. Uh, current market rents are getting to the level of, of crazy. And so those costs increasing is making it tougher and tougher for people to make ends meet. The, the income just isn't keeping track. And what happens is people get into a deficit. And that means more is going out than is coming in. They get into you know, lines of credit, then then the lines of credit are into the credit cards, and then max out on the credit cards, and now you're into alternative lenders like payday loans, and and that's really where the struggle is is kind of reaching that that end game, and and that's kind of the people are trying to reach is to say that you know now is the time to take action before you get into deep. I appreciate that you're a half glass. What's the term? Half, half glass, glass full. full kind of guy. That's good to hear. That's uh, especially when you're dealing with uh, with <laughs> debt and people's finances. Um, I'm not sure if I've, I feel like I'm more of the glass half empty kind of guy when I read this because you know your report is saying that um, more than one third, 38 percent of people that respond to this are saying that they're insolvent, that they can't don't have enough money every month to pay their bills, and because of some of the things you mentioned, I. I'm not an expert at this, but I would think it's only going to get worse with interest rates higher, with the the cost of groceries, with the cost of rent still still going up. Um, in terms of seeing the numbers continue to rise, is that a, is that a worry of yours? It is a concern because uh, we have seen just personally over the last six months 
I'm much busier. I, I would say our numbers, um, I think the superintendent of bankruptcy stats are showing that insolvencies are up about 30% compared to last year. So that is an indication that, yes, that these numbers are reflecting what's going on out there. People are, are struggling and uh, it's getting to the point where people are having to take action to try and get these debts back under control. How much of this is a money management issue too, do you think, David? I, I mean, I want, we were just talking before we got on, we kind of live in the skip the dishes generation yeah. and, and easy convenience that comes with a price. Is financial literacy part of the problem here that some people just didn't understand how money works and now they're kind of um, in a position where they're looking and saying, wow, I have a lot of debt? I, I think that is is part of it. And and I, you know, to give people credit, what ends up happening is you're a busy household, you're managing kids, jobs. So what happens is it easily gets away from you, uh, you know, as you're just trying to, you know, figure out, okay, when do I have to pay the credit card? Who's paying it this month? When are we getting groceries? It, it's very easy to, to get out of control. I look at it as when it comes to the, the budgeting side, the, the main thing with budgeting is about balance. It's not all about cut, cut, cut. It, it's balanced. How do you get everything to balance from what money is coming in to, to what is going out? And I, I say the easiest way is to start looking at your last credit card statement. And if you pay that balance off in full, then I would say, okay, two thumbs up. That means you've got things relatively under control. But if all you could put together was the minimum payment or even had trouble doing that, that's when you really have to start looking at, okay, well, what is on that credit card statement? Go through your bank statement because the debit card era, everything is tapped to plastic. And you don't really keep track of just, you know, how much is going to the coffee shop a month, you know, mm-hmm. coffee a day, there's $50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you start doing the math on that and it's, and it's crazy, but I think we all probably grew up in that era where you were taught that if you didn't have the money in your bank account, you don't put it on your credit card. And I don't think that that's how society necessarily works today. No. And, and there, I would say it comes down to, if you look at the marketing, um, if mm-hmm. you look at the marketing for credit card companies or any type of lender, they leave out the part where you got to pay it back. It, it's all about <laughs> you use this card, life will be better. You know, that the pretty pictures on the beach, you know, those sort of things. So you, you kind of miss that part of, yeah, if you borrow it, you still have to pay it back at some point. Yes. Is there something you see a lot of clients obviously come in and looking for help, right? How to get out of this debt and not deal with their debt. Um, is there one or two things that is common among all of them? Is there something that, that they're all doing that maybe they shouldn't be? Um, I, I would say the common thing that, that I get is is when people come to see me, it's the, the struggle. And it's this isn't happened last month. It's been, yeah, I've been struggling with this for six months, two years. And, and it's that sort of human nature of, you know, things are getting a little tough. You get backed into a corner. You say, all right, I'll either I can pick up extra shifts at work. Uh, I'm going to work harder, try different ways to try and get a handle on it. But the problem is what they're seeing is they get to that point of, okay, I can't even make the minimum payments. And they start adding up the minimum payments. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're having to forego groceries or they're trying to, um, you know, not make as many trips in the car. Um, you know, it's it's the, the ones of really trying to look at, okay, should I take that vacation or, um, you know, maybe do the, you know, skip the, skip the dishes or the, the Uber Eats this week and, and try to do something at home instead. 
I think the one stat that stood out to me the most was the more than, I think it was more than half, 53, 54% uh, of respondents that said they were $200 or less away from not meeting their financial obligations. And when you break that down in layman's terms, I mean, that is a simple service call for a, you know, maybe a broken, you know, washer or dryer mm-hmm. or signing your son or daughter up for an extracurricular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's frightening uh, that it's that close and that many. Yeah, and that's what we saw actually across the country. Ontario seemed to be a little, uh, little higher than the the average. And why? Why is that, David? That Ontario's higher. Yeah, I, I guess personal theory would be just. I think if we look at the cost of living, uh, you know, especially when you know you take the city of Toronto and you say, oh, rents are really high. Sure. Well, what I see, it's not just Toronto. Like it goes all the way west and east. I'm I'm seeing some areas. Um, like I also look at the area of Brantford or, or down in Simcoe, rents are getting not much different than being in Oakville, Burlington. Mm-hmm. And that's where you really see the difference is because everything has been getting up so high and yet Toronto st- still keeps going so high too. So yeah, it gets people to that point that that $200 unexpected bill, um, that can be enough to be the difference with, uh-oh, we have a problem. It's a great point. Uh, you know, you mentioned too that the Bank of Canada raised rates uh, this morning um, to 0.25%. Uh, sorry, excuse my math. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that, right? And I don't know if you can speak to this, David, but obviously the Bank of Canada is explaining to us that we need to do this to help keep get inflation under control, to keep that trend where inflation is going down in the bigger picture. But the average Joe in Ontario is sitting there going, man, like that's another quarter percentage point that I have to deal with on my mortgage. Why are they doing this? Yeah. Can you speak to that? I mean, why, uh, what do you say to the average person that comes in and is a- asks you that question? Yeah. And for the, the average person, now you're looking at it as, you know, I've got to put food on the table. I've got to keep the roof over my head. Uh, you know, I got to keep the kids fed and get them to school. Mm-hmm. And so that, that quarter percentage point, everybody gets focused on it. And well, who does it really affect immediately? It's if you have a variable rate mortgage, if you have a line of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who are stuck with a lot of credit card debt, credit cards have been the same rate for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just recently, I think they raised it maybe 1%, but credit cards are 22, 23%. You get into alternative lenders and they're anywhere from 32 to 50% interest. And that's where, you know, people get into those because they're short, then that's where they get into that spiral. They're just paying interest. It's not going away Um, for the people who are on a variable rate mortgage. This quarter point is going to affect them immediately because it doesn't take much, you know, 0.25% on a $500,000 mortgage that can easily be $200 a month. And then, you know, that's our other stat. This number right there. Yeah, exactly. You know, you mentioned the, the alternative lenders and we've talked on the show in the past. I can't stand these payday loan companies that I see on the street with yeah. their neon lights. They're vultures in my opinion. How do you, how are these legal? I guess is my question. How, how can you have people that you deal with going to these guys and getting what you said? You said 50%. Is it 50% interest or even well, higher? Than you'll that? recall a previous guess when you annualize that rate, it worked out to like 300% interest. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. I don't understand. Why, why does the government allow that? That I, I don't know. That's for greater minds than my, myself. <laughs> um, I, I do question it. I, you see occasionally different uh, municipalities will put limits on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I question, okay, a person coming to me is on a disability pension. How are they having a $5,000 line of credit from a payday loan company? Mm-hmm. I just, 
you know, that does kind of confuse me as to how they got approved in the first place. <clears throat> but somebody said, hey, you can have the money and the person took it. Yeah, it's just uh, it, it bothers me a lot. I'm not quite sure how they get away with it. Obviously, there's rules in place that, that they do. Um, are there any other stats that stuck out to you a lot, uh, uh, David, when you look at the, the, the survey that you guys did? Uh, I think from the point of view of generally, you know, as as we say, people are getting a little more anxious because we've been doing this index for five years now. And one of the things we saw in COVID, it actually got a little better that people were getting a little more positive. But, of course, everybody was uh, locked up in the house so you couldn't go spend your money. So Mm -hmm. suddenly you've got savings. Mm -hmm. And then we saw actually in December um, that the number was actually a little bit lower than, than what it is now from a confidence level. And I think part of that was that was the anxiety coming in with, hey, I think interest rates are going to increase. And then in the spring, we, we saw it get a little better. But I think at that point, everybody was thinking, okay, that's it for the, the interest rate increases. We're going to be flat for a while. And then you get June. Oh, everybody thought they weren't going to touch the rates. Boom, they went up 0.25%. They just went up another 0.25%. And that just adds to the, the anxiety for, for people out there. Uh, David, you, you bring up COVID. I'm, I'm wondering, are, are we still in the midst of a bit of a post-COVID high where people are overspending and maybe overextending because for such a long period of time they couldn't? Is that part of the equation, do you think? Uh, I, I think that can be. And I, I think that was, you know, maybe last summer because the, the folks I'm going to see, again, that's going to be issues that happened six, six months to a year ago. And yeah, you you'd look at all the different things like airfares have gone crazy because they have all this pent up demand. So now airlines can charge a lot more, uh, hotels charge a lot more. So there there has been that pent up demand, but it, it'll be like a pendulum, and then people will look at it and say, okay, well, this is way too costly, and then they'll start cutting that back, and then it'll hopefully reach a middle ground at some point. David, is there a success story you can share with this? I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of people listening to this and saying, that's me. I'm the guy who's really paranoid about my debt. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not meeting my bills every month. You've obviously seen these type of people come into your offices and looking for help. Is there a path where they can get out of this and, and, and be in a good shape a year from now? Yeah, what we look at is, is, you know, because being a licensed insolvency trustee, people think, oh, bankruptcy, that's, that's a bad word. Stay away from these guys. Uh, and my approach has always been bankruptcy is last resort. If there's other options before doing that, I would want people to pursue that further. Uh, a common one we do, do is what's called a consumer proposal, where basically we're taking whatever their debt payments are, uh, we're taking those debts and then we're restructuring it to a much smaller amount and then making the monthly payment something that fits within their budget. So it still gets them to the same point where we, okay, we've restructured the debts. Uh, I guess a, a good example I can say one a success story is, is I was dealing with a person who was a senior and was of the generation of if you have debt, you pay your bills. And this person had been paying each month and they were, I think they're out of their budget. It was about $800 a month was just going to minimum payments. And out of that $800, $750 was interest. Jeez. And once we, we went through, okay, here's all the, the options. And we got that payment down to $200. And we'll, we'll get rid of all of that debt. Then the person now was panicking to say, okay, now I have all this extra money. Am I in trouble? Yeah. And so I try to say, no, now you can, you know, go to Swiss Chalet once a month. You, you have that money for that. Um, you know, 
buy some more fruit and fresh vegetables with the groceries. So it was it was a struggle for the person to to realize, okay, you know, I'm I'm supposed to pay these debts, but it was never going to get paid. Mm-hmm. All right, there can be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, uh, David Galling uh, from MN- MNP Limited, a licensed insolvency uh, trustee. David, thanks for this uh, great perspective. Appreciate your time today. All right, thank you very much. Have a good day. For the latest in in-depth features and enterprise journalism from your local writers at Village Media, be sure to check out The Big Read. The Big Read, it's the full story behind the headlines. Look for The Big Read on your favourite Village Media website across Ontario. Back to wrap on uh, Inside the Village with Michael Friscalati, Derek Turner, and yours truly, Scott Sexsmith. Thanks to David Galling for joining the show, an insolvency trustee with uh, MMP Limited based out of uh, Burlington. We're burlingtontoday.com. And, of course, uh, the incomparable Brenda Jeffries uh, is located. Those numbers, though, man, staggering, mind-blowing. Yeah, they, they – uh, I might get yelled at for this, but part of the, the, the thing that struck me about it when I read it is you feel terrible for people in that position, right? And and and, but I wonder how many of these people actually understand how money works. There's got to be a segment of people, especially the fifty percent that said, "Oh, I really regret this thing that I bought, or I regret this debt that I'm in." Yeah. Did they have any idea how debt works? Did they have any idea how interest rate, what interest is, no. what it means. And uh, you know, I don't. I'm not, not the kind of guy that likes to blame the education system for all our problems, right? Because we need to be teaching our kids how money works too. But there's got to be, if you graduate high school and you have no idea what an interest payment is, yeah. then something's not right. Well, we talked about that during the commercial break, right? I yeah. mean, you're, you're in school, you're, you know, grade 11, grade 12, about to graduate into the real world. Uh, you know, I don't need to know in physics if train A is traveling. Yeah. I don't care about that. Teach me about life. Yeah. Teach me about the stuff that I'm going to need to know when I walk out of these, you know, the hallowed halls of learning yeah. into the real world. You know, what's the stuff that I got to know? Yeah. But as David said, this genius, the way this stuff is is sold to people, not just young people, all people, right? Absolutely. The credit, excuse me, the credit card companies are huge celebrities pushing the credit cards, right? You even have huge celebrities pushing some of these payday loan companies, right? No question. And then skip the dishes and Uber and driving. It's all looks so easy on your phone and no one's ever taken the time to realize, holy cow, this is way more than I would have paid if I just went over there to buy the pita pit or whatever it is you're getting. Yeah. Plug, it's, uh, shameless plug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even eat pita. I, I think I chose it because it's down the street. But yeah, it's just it, do they even take into consideration? That's the way. That's the way it is. There, there's so many hidden fees and and not even hidden. They're right there for you right to look. There. Right there for you to look at and try to figure out what I pay. So I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not a, a financial wizard, but there is an element of what you said earlier. Do you have the money to pay for this thing you're going to buy? Um, and if you do take out a loan for something, is it a reasonable? Is it for the right reason? Are you taking out a loan because you're going to buy this house? And yeah. You know, or are you taking out a loan to, you know, buy Peter? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I you know I, I go back to what you say about those those payday places. Yeah. You know, three hundred percent interest rates annualized annualized just yeah. It's criminal. Yeah, and I rarely have a strong opinion on things. I try to be neutral on, on things I cover, but I'd love to. I would challenge any guy who runs these, any any company that runs these things. There's no way that they're doing good for anybody. And no, it's like the smoking episode, man. Like this product is designed to 
like to, to mess you up. It's yes. not designed to help you. Yes. It's designed to put you in more. Well, what, what, what was the line? It, it is the it is the only product known to mankind where if you follow the the, the instructions as directed, yeah. will kill you. Yeah. Well, with this payday loans, if you follow follow it as directed, you're going to end up in way worse position yeah. than you started. You're not going to get out of your debt by no. going to these guys. No. And and it just. We talk about municipalities having lots of different powers. I wonder if they have a power, the power to say, you know what, we're going to ban these in our town. We don't want these companies in our in our town. And, you know, no one would ever do that. But that's a whole other episode. Whole other episode next week. Could be next week. And if I, you, yeah, if you're from the payday loan company, give us a call. Come on, and we'll we'll talk about. You could tell explain to us why you're so great. Always a seat. Would <laughs> love to have the chat. That's right. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know if you're in ITV at villagemedia.ca. Uh, you can get all episodes of Inside the Village uh, on the internet across the uh, Village Media Network, insidethevillage.ca, and of course, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We will be back, uh, the good Lord willing, next week with Derek Turner, executive producer, Michael Friscalanti, editor in chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Sexsmith. Enjoy your weekend. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Inside the Village. Fresco and Scott's wardrobe, provided in part by Moore's Sault Ste. Marie.